Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Awesome. Well, happy Mother's Day to y'all. I know we've mentioned that a lot and um, I'm just so excited to be with you guys. And you know, I just want to honor um, Pastor Carrie as a mom of our house. Can y'all just put your hands together for her? She's in Orlando bringing an amazing message I know. And I'm just so thankful for our leaders. I know many times you can think, all of you guys say that, you know? Like, I promise, we are not paid to say it. We mean it. We have incredible leaders. Pastor Stovall and Pastor Kerry, they love us. They champion us. They allow us to stand on their shoulders. And I'm just so grateful for it. I'm so thankful for the opportunities that they've given to us. So can we just put our hands together and honor them? You're in a great church, guys. Amen. All right. Well, Hello, I am Marie Hodges, and alongside my handsome husband over there, wave, babe. Yes, there he is. Um, We get to serve here as your Jacksonville um, worship pastors, and we're just so thankful to be here. And I want to tell you a little bit about myself, um, just so you can kind of understand what you're going to work with here today. Surprise. Um, Together, we have four daughters. Yes. And one Dalmatian, I got a wow in the front. See, it's true. When you say the word girls, if you say one, it's like, oh, that's cute. When you say four, it's like, I'm sorry for you. Like you, you immediately like start praying for me, which we need it, you know, because we've kind of entered into that phase where we've got a teenager and then preteens and then an elementary school. It's, it's like the twilight zone in my house. Like I'm for real. There are days that I literally pray for the rapture to come. I'm like, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. They're saved. We can go to heaven and we can just skip it. We just skip this thing. I hear, yeah, all, yeah, all the parents of teenagers are like, yes and amen. I understand. You know, I, I, I hear that it does pass. Good news. I keep telling myself that one day at a time, you know, I just keep making it through. And I just wanted to show you a picture of them just so you can really understand what we're working with here. Yep, there we go. Mm -hmm. See, no one in that picture is happy. My husband had just broke up a fight over who was going to stand in the front and nobody but the baby in his arms is happy. I mean, even the dog in the corner is mad. Look at my dog. My dog is mad. Like, how do you do that? How do you get a whole family of angry people? You know, I don't know. We just managed to do it. But you know, I'm just thankful for grace. I'm so thankful today um, that God has called us to, to live and to produce fruitful, fruitful lives. I'm so thankful. And you know, I just wanna celebrate, my mom's here, Ryan's mom's here, my grandma's here, shout out, love y'all. Um, but I wanna celebrate people who are not just moms, but people who choose to mother. M- women in our lives that choose to care for us. Yeah, put your hands together for them, that's incredible that they choose to leverage themselves for us. They choose to give to care for us, to protect us. You know, you don't have to give birth to a baby to be a mom. I just wanna encourage you today that you get to choose to pour into others' lives and give of what you have, right? But that's not just moms. Isn't that what God calls each of us to do? The dads, the brothers, the husbands, all of us. He calls all of us to live our lives in such a way that we impact others that the fruit of our lives is impactful. And that's what I wanna talk to us about today. Um, Would you turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm 1? Psalm 1, 1 through 4. And I'm gonna read out of the voice translation. I love this translation. So if it looks a little different than yours, it's on the screen, okay? Here we go, Psalm 1. It said, God's blessings follow you and await you at every turn. When you don't follow the advice of those who delight in wicked schemes, when you avoid sin's highway, when judgment and sarcasm beckon you, ouch, but you refuse. For you, the eternal's word is your happiness. It is your focus from dusk 
to dawn. You are like a tree planted by flowing cool streams of water that never run dry. Your fruit ripens in its time and your leaves never fade or curl in the summer sun. No matter what you do, you prosper. For those who focus on sin, the story's different. They're like the fallen husk of wheat, tossed by an open wind, left deserted and alone. And if you're taking notes this morning, I've entitled my message, Fruitful. Fruitful. And for the next few moments, I wanna talk to us about what it looks like to live a fruitful life. Because that's what God has called each of us to. Each of us to live fruitful lives. Would you pray with me today? Father, we just thank you that you're a patient, loving God who wants us to live abundant lives. Lord, today let your word go forth and let it accomplish all that you intend it to. We just open our hearts right now. We open our minds. We wanna hear from you, Lord. God, use me today to encourage your people. We thank you for what you're gonna do. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, awesome. You know, when I hear that word fruitful, I think so many things can come to our mind, right? We can think the scripture that says, be fruitful and multiply. Personally, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm tapped out. We're done. We're at four. We're at the cap. We're it, right? We can, we can think of that word in so many ways and we think, wow, what does that mean? But do you know, I want to talk to you today about it in a gardening term. It, that fruit is the result of a healthy plant producing what it was designed to produce. And isn't it interesting that the Bible refers to the fruit of our lives that way? He uses that same term to produce and to talk about a healthy life that's producing fruit. You know, I think about, I make lunches like every week, every day for, for four people um, who all have different tastes and different personalities and things they like and don't like. And I try to cater to them. I don't know if that's insanity or a good thing to do, but we're there. And so, you know, one, one day I was making lunches and um, I had kind of not been to the grocery store in quite some time, I'm just being honest. And so I was trying to find basically anything that would constitute a lunch at that point. There was like the end of a loaf of bread left. So I thought, well, okay, I can wrap a piece of cheese in that and we can pretend it's like a roll up and we'll just put it in the thing, right? So one kid got that. One kid got like crackers. I'm pretty sure they were stale. I don't know. Not my problem. I wasn't there to eat it. So I put it in the thing. I was like finding anything. Moms, you've been there. You're just like, what do we have? Do you, can you eat Chef Boyardee? Do you have a place to heat it up? I don't know. I was trying anything I could. And there was this one lone little cutie tangerine left on the counter. And I was like, well, if I give it to that one and she sees it, she'll be mad. Okay, I'll eat it. So that was my plan. I really just didn't want to share. I was kind of hungry myself and I thought, okay, whatever. They won't know. So open the tangerine, peel it back. And I'm thinking, yes, I bite into it. It tasted sour. Like it was, oh, it was horrible. But the funny thing is, is on the outside, it looked great. The skin of the tangerine looked fine. There was nothing on it that would even indicate to me that there was a problem. Isn't that like our lives? We can look so great on the outside. We can look like we got it together. Your Instagram reel looks real good. And you smile and know all the right things to say. But inside, the fruit of your heart can be spoiled. The fruit of your heart can be sour. And that's what can come out. And you know, I don't know about you, but I, I, don't, I don't wanna be that way. I wanna live a life of abundance, a life that my life is producing fruit for others. And it's not just any fruit, it's good fruit. Good fruit, amen, you wanna do that today? Amen, that's right, awesome. You know, so what kind of fruit are we talking about? We're not gonna talk about apples and pears and oranges, but we're gonna talk about the fruits of the Spirit today. Why don't you turn to Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, and I wanna read it to you this way. It says, but what happens when we live God's way? 
He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. And if you're not familiar with this version, it's basically talking about the nine gifts of the Spirit. We got love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, it literally is telling us what the fruit of our lives should look like. What the fruit of our lives should look like. And I'm gonna encourage you today, that's okay if you're like, I have not accomplished all of those. It's okay, God's patient with us, but he wants us to grow. He wants us to be constantly working towards that and he's gonna help us. You know, so today, I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't wanna wake up one day with regret that I didn't allow my life to be fruitful, that I didn't allow myself to be living in abundance. I don't, I don't wanna hang on and barely get by. I don't know about you, I don't wanna like barely make it into heaven where I'm like, by the skin of my teeth, I have made it. You know, you've ever had those test days where you go to take a test and you're like, if I could just get the very lowest grade above an F, like it'd be great. If I could just, you know what I mean? You just barely, you just skate in there, you did just enough. I don't wanna live a life like that. God's called each of us to live abundant life overflowing out of all that he's given us. And here's a good thing. He doesn't say, figure it out. He's given us his word to show us what to do, to show us exactly what we need. So today, if you're taking notes, I wanna give you three practical things, okay? On how to live a fruitful life. On how to live a fruitful life. And the first one is fruitful people follow well. Fruitful people follow well. Look back at what it said in Psalm 1-1. It said, God's blessings follow you and await you at every turn when you don't follow the advice of those who delight in wicked schemes. When you avoid sin's highway, when judgment and sarcasm beckon you, but you refuse, but you refuse. Man, fruitful people follow well. And notice I didn't say follow perfectly. Not follow perfectly, okay? I, I think about the disciples when Jesus called that group of dudes. I mean, do you remember them? Like, seriously, if you're feeling bad about yourself, go read about them. You will feel way better about your life, okay? Like, those dudes were crazy. You got Peter trying to cut off people's ears. You got other ones fighting over who's gonna be the greatest in the kingdom. Jesus, can I sit next to you? Like, it's like a school lunch cafeteria, and he's trying to be like, can I get the seat next to you? Think about that, that out of all the people, that's the crew that he decides to pour his life into and to share to share the short time that he had on earth, to share with them. Doesn't that give you hope today? Man, that gives me hope that I'm like, okay, I can do this, God, I can do this. Here's the amazing thing about it. Do you realize that after the resurrection, Jesus comes back, he gives them the greatest commission. That same group of crazy dudes, he gives them the greatest commission. He says, go into all the world, right? Preach the gospel, baptizing people in my name to all the nations. He lets that same group of people and he is calling each one of us to that very same thing. He's like, come on, come follow me. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. I will use your life in a way that you could have never done on your own. I wanna invite you. He invites us to be a part of his story, to get to play a part in the story in redemption. Isn't that incredible? I'm so thankful for that today. So awesome, amen. Come on, JC, you know what I'm talking about, amen. I want you to look at what Galatians said about that, Galatians 5.24. It says about following well, that we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, 
not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. You see, if we commit to something, that means that we've looked ahead and we've decided that it's a good place to place our energy. We're not imbalanced. We know how to manage our time well. You know, there's such a contrast that can happen if, if, we, don't, if we don't do this well, where we may be able to be a great boss, but at home we're a terrible parent. Or we may be an unfaithful friend, but then to our teacher, they think we're this perfect A student. And I don't wanna live a fractured life. I wanna be who I am to you is who I am at home. And at the end of the day, that's what you want too for your life. You want God to bring wholeness into you, that you're able to follow well and lead well. We need to learn to pace our lives like Jesus did. What did Jesus say? I only do what I see the Father doing. I only do. He was not rushed or hurried. He had his life paced in a way that he was able to do all things, but yet rest. And that's what we want today. We want to be fruitful people that follow well. You see, fruitfulness and faithfulness are inseparable. The fruitfulness of your life and the faithfulness of you are inseparable. If I'm gonna follow well, that means I'm intentional with my life. That who I'm listening to, who I'm hanging around, what I'm allowing to enter my heart. I'm careful because I am going somewhere. I want God to do incredible things through me and that means I don't have time for nonsense. That means I'm aware and I'm not just, oh, whatever happens. I'm not, I'm not doing that. You used to live like that. I don't live like that anymore because time is too short for me to do that. And I wanna be intentional. I wanna follow well. I wanna follow well. And that leads me to point two. Fruitful people are happy. Fruitful people are happy. Look at what it said in Psalm 1, verse two. It says, for you, the eternal's word is your happiness. It is your focus from dusk to dawn. You see, your inner fruit will affect your outer actions. Your inner fruit will affect your outer actions. Anybody remember that movie, Inside Out, that came out a few years ago? Yes, okay, so for, oh, Front Row loves it. So for those of you who don't, it was a story about a little girl named Riley, and the five emotions that she had, that we all have, um, they kinda came to life in characters. There was joy, there was fear, there was anger, there was disgust, and there was sadness. And so we had taken our daughters to see that movie, it was cute, real cute. And a few short weeks later, my youngest, Ella, who if you've ever met her, she is a live wire and she does not have a filter. She just says whatever comes to her little mind. She's like the truth teller, we call her. Like if you wanna know the truth, she'll tell you. Does this look good? Nope, she just lets you know. She's great with it. She feels real confident. And so she one day, we were in the car and she decides she wanted to name all of us. So she's like, I'm gonna tell you which character you are. And I'm like, okay, great, let's do it. So she starts going through the list and she says to our, our one daughter, Lindsay, 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 you're disgust. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, because you didn't wanna eat that food that mommy gave you. Mm, okay, fair enough. So then she says to Taylor, she's like, Taylor, your sadness. Like Taylor had just kind of gotten in trouble, so she was having a meltdown. And so she's like, Taylor, you're sad, you're sad. And to our oldest daughter, Carson, she's like, Carson, your fear. Um, we had just like went over a bridge, and Carson hates bridges. We're working through it. We're just working through that fear. And so I'm thinking, there's only there's only two left, okay? And there's only me and Dad. Where where's this is gonna go? And she looks at my husband with these big old blue eyes, and she's like, Daddy, your joy. And I'm like, what? I'm, I'm sorry, you must be confused. And she's like, no, no, mommy, your anger. Mommy, your anger. 
okay. And my husband laughs exactly like what you did. I shot him eyes and I'm like, stop laughing right now. It's not, it's not true. And you know, I tried to convince her, if you've ever tried to reason with a child, I tried to convince her, I'm not, I know mommy's happy. I'm not mad. And she's like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> oh, okay, good. So I just kind of stuffed that, stuffed it, stuffed it down, went on about our day. And later that day, I was just thinking, wow, what was that about? And I was just kind of praying and I really felt the, like the Holy Spirit be like, yeah, that's you, you're angry. And I'm like, I am not angry. And then I'm like, I'm angry right now. Like, oh, what is happening? You know? So the, the more I thought about it, you know, honestly, I had kind of gotten to a place in my family that I had gotten short, that my fuse was real short. So I would sit, get real sarcastic. And so it'd be things like my husband would come in from work and I'd be in the kitchen cooking and I love to cook. I love to cook. He'd come in and he'd be like, hey, babe, do you need any help? If not, I'm just, oh, it's been a long day. I'm gonna sit on the couch. And instead of asking for what I needed, I'd be like, no, it's fine. Yeah, sit on the couch. You know, but internally, yeah, I was having this whole conversation in my head, okay? So I'd get over, I'd start banging the pots as loud as I could because I wanted to let him know what he was not doing. I would open that dishwasher and be like slamming the cups on the counter like, do you hear this work happening and you are sitting? You know, moms, you've been there. Come on, yes, exactly, she knows, yeah. Midtown, y'all know what I'm talking about. You, you would just like, it's like this whole internal conversation I was having with myself. No one in my family was having this, just me. I'd be like, do you wanna help me? No, I don't wanna help you, why would I help you? I wanna sit and relax, I love being served. I would just be going on in my mind about this. It was crazy, and when it come time to set the table, instead of being like, hey, y'all, could you help me? I'd say something like this. Well, it must be nice to be able to sit down. You think maybe you could just get the glass and, you know, ice in the glass. I don't, I don't know if that's not too much trouble for you. Please, don't hurt yourself. You know, you've been there. And you know what I found? It wasn't them. It was me. It was me. My perception was off. My perception was so off. I had started seeing everything that was wrong instead of seeing everything that was right. You ever work... Any contact wearers in the room? Contact, yes, me. I'm like blind as a bat if I don't got contacts in. It'd be bad. One day I had managed to rip one contact, so I had to take it out, and I only had one good eye. Have you ever drove like that? Don't raise your hand. I've done it. It's bad. And I literally, like my depth perception was so off that I had to just like cover the bad eye so that I could at least make it home. I'm like, okay, God, please don't let me get in a wreck. Like I'm just like trying to like get to the house. The funny thing was, was my poor good eye was trying to overcorrect for the bad eye that my perception was so off. And that's what happens to us in our lives, isn't it? Our perception gets so off. We get so self-absorbed with what's going on inside of us. And we start to focus on negative, negative, negative. And we don't even see the good. That's right in front of us. That's right in front of us. And I say that in love because I've been there. I'm telling you my stuff. I've been there. And you know what I had to do? I had to pray. I had to say, God, what is this really about? What is this really about? And I had to ask him and he showed me and I had to admit it and I had to deal with it and then I had to move on. Because feelings are meant to be indicators of something going on inside of us, but we're not meant to lead with that. The feeling of anger is okay, there's no shame in that. God wants to deal with whatever the root of that is. We can't stay in that. We have to say, okay, what is it? We need to ask God to show us, to reveal it to us, and then we need to deal with it, and we need to move on. Some of us need to just let some stuff go today. We just need to let it go. We need to accept where it is and let it go. So what? Maybe your husband doesn't give you all the compliments that he wants. Okay, 
Praise God. Find your affirmation in God and let it go. Let it go today. I wanna encourage you in that. And I say that in love because I know that God has so much more for you and he wants you to be happy. He wants you to choose happiness. You know, and I know things like depression, those are very real things. And I encourage you, get help from your doctor. Do what you need to do. But some of us, it's not a depression issue, it's a negative thought issue that we've chosen to allow and focus and continue to think over and over. You replay that thing over and over, that hurt, that pain over and over, and you're actually watering that. You're watering the seed of that pain instead of cutting it off at the root and saying, no more, no more, I'm done. That's it. Amen. God wants that for you today. God wants that for you today because he wants to heal you. He wants to heal you from that. And I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that individual moments of emotion, they don't have to rule your life. And just because you feel unhappy right now doesn't mean that you have to stay unhappy permanently. It means that you get the choice. You get to choose joy. You get to choose peace. And you get to allow, even in the midst of very difficult circumstances, to let the peace of God rule your heart to let the peace of God rule your heart. You get to choose joy. So I just wanna encourage you today. Choose joy because fruitful people are happy. Happy people, I love that. Let's look at Psalm 1 verse three. Psalm 1 verse three. It says, you're like a tree planted by flowing cool streams of water that never run dry. Your fruit ripens in its time. Your leaves never fade or curl in the summer sun. No matter what you do, you prosper because fruitful people are planted. Because fruitful people are planted. Look at what Psalm 92, 12 through 14 says too. It says the righteous will flourish like the date palm, long lived, upright, and useful. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic and stable, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. They will flourish and be vital and fresh, rich in trust and love and contentment. You see, everyone's planted in something. Every one of you are planted in something. Whether it's your job, your marriage, your school, your family, you're planted in something. And we get to choose where we plant. You get to choose where you plant. You get to choose what you do with your life. And you know, today I just wanna encourage you, I wanna encourage you that if you're, if you're planted, planted in this church, if you're planted, that, that means you're investing your time and your resources. You're doing that in every area of your life. And that's what fruitful people do. And I know that you guys wanna do that. You know, you see, planted is a choice. It's a choice to stay. It's a commitment. And it's easy to stay planted when your marriage is going well, isn't it? That honeymoon phase when you love each other and you didn't realize that they left toothpaste out on the counter, like thought that was a good thing, or they hung their clothes over the foot of the bed. You're like, oh, you do that. Great, awesome, right? It's easy to stay planted in the job when your boss is being like, sure, you can take three weeks vacation, but when they correct you, what do you do? You know what I mean? Like it's real easy for us to stay planted in things when things are going well, but it's a discipline to stay planted when we bump up against opposition. And instead of letting fear rule our lives and cause us to run. So many times we think the grass is gonna be greener on the other side, that this person is the problem, and if I can just get away from that person, my life is gonna be better, or if I can just get that next job, my life is gonna be better, I just need to, I just need to move, I need to run. Not true. Take it from someone who's done it. 
I've done it. The running doesn't work because you know what? I serve a loving, patient God who is willing to teach me enough that he will allow me to circle around that same mountain. He'll take my hand and say, okay, girl, let's do it again. You didn't get the lesson. Let's do it again. You been there? I've been there. Where I'm like, I feel like I've, I've, we've talked through this, Lord. And he's like, well, whenever you're ready, let me know, right? Because he's patient and he's loving. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And I wanna encourage just some of you today. Some of you just need to stop running. You just need to stop running. You need to dig your healing. Choose to be planted. Choose to be planted. Choose to be planted today, church. I know we can do it. I believe it. You know, God wants to take us through things. And he wants to build upon our faith. He wants to mature us. He wants to mature us. Look at what Galatians 5.22 says. We develop a willingness to stick with things. A sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates through people and things. You see, if you give in too soon, you won't get the fruit. You won't get the fruit. If you wanna have a fruitful life, if you, and I know that's what each of us want. We're all called to that. You wanna have a fruitful life, you gotta follow well. You gotta stay happy. And you gotta be planted. You gotta be planted. I wanna close with this. You know, we all begin at the same ground level. None of us are immediately mature. None of us. I mean, thank God. Can you imagine, like, if God expected you the very second you got saved, that he was like, all right, clean it all up. Good luck. No, he doesn't do that because he's patient. I think so many times we get so hurried with ourselves. So let's just break the shame off today. He's not in a hurry with you. He's patient. He's willing to wait for you to be ready, to allow him to prune your heart. He's willing. He's willing to wait. And, you know, I just want to encourage us that, if we're, we're in that form of where we're, we're asking God, okay, what do you wanna do with my life? He's so patient. Oh, he's so patient. And I wanna talk about orange trees. You know, when orange seed is planted, the farmer doesn't get upset when the next day it hasn't blossomed into a full-grown tree, does he? No, because it takes time and it takes maturity and it takes the right conditions. And it takes going, going through a season of, of going underground and then being brought back up into life, right? Do you know that when they plant an orange grove, they don't just plant one tree on purpose? You know, they plant rows and rows of trees because you know that their roots, they grow out 40 feet wide. They actually intertwine with one another. The trees are hooked together because the older trees can bring nutrients to the younger. When the younger trees are still grown and they're not ready to produce fruit yet, they're, they're not quite mature enough. The older trees next to them, their root system can actually supply that for them. Do you know that if a younger tree is not pollinating, all they gotta do is be near the older tree. They don't even have to have the bee come touch their actual tree. The system, the way that it works is the system from the roots can actually cause that younger tree to begin to have growth and to begin to pollinate. Isn't that incredible? That God's likens the fruit of our lives and who we are to a fruit tree. Because fruit was never meant for you. Fruit was meant for others. The fruit of your lives was never meant for you to be happy and full of it. And just, you know, I think of like a big Buddha person just sitting there, he's all happy with everything. It was never meant to be that way. It was never meant for you to be so filled up that you don't give out. It was meant for others. It was meant for others. And I wanna talk to three groups of people today. We're all in one of these categories. Number one, maybe you know, you've been sitting here, the Lord is talking to your heart. 
He's saying, come home. I wanna do that for you. Maybe you've been running, you've been running from him because you think, Lord, you can never help me. I'm too far. And he, today he says, no, I want you just like you are. He says, come home to me. You need to allow him to plant the seed of your life in good soil and allow him to produce fruit on you. For the second group of people, you've, you've started producing some fruit. You're growing, you're, you, you've got some stuff going on, but there's some things that the Lord wants to deal with. He needs to prune you. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's pain. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's fear. And I just wanna encourage you today that if that's you, that the, you're not being pruned because he wants to hurt you. You're being pruned because like any good gardener knows, in order to get the best fruit, sometimes you gotta cut off some things that aren't producing things. Sometimes you gotta clip the branch so that the more fruit can actually come and be produced. And I wanna encourage you today that God never takes things away from us to harm us. He takes things away because He wants to give you something better. He wants to replace that pain with joy. He wants to heal you today, church. And the third group I'm talking to, you're mature. Man, you've got so much fruit on your life. You've got so much wisdom and you've got so much to give, but you haven't found that younger tree. You haven't found that younger person, that younger couple that you can lend your strength to, that you can say to them, you don't have to do what I did. Let me show you. Let me help you. Let me give of my life so that you can benefit. You're one of those three groups of people. And right now I'm gonna turn it over to our location. Pastors, thank you guys so much for joining us. If you're here at Lorena, why don't you just stand with me? And I'm gonna ask that nobody move around for just the next few moments. Give me just a few moments because this is an important time that we respond to what God is saying to us. Cause you know, it's one thing to hear something awesome. It's another to respond. And I wanna give you the chance to respond today to what he's doing because I believe he's doing a work in your hearts. And I believe that he wants to speak to you today. So would you bow your heads with me? Would you close your eyes? Thank you. And if you're in that group one, that when I was talking about the seed of your heart, that you need to be planted again, that you need to recommit your life, or you need to, for the first time, make a fresh start with God. If that's you, no one's looking around. I just would love to pray for you. I would love to. It's the best decision you'll make. If that's you, why don't you just slip up your hand? Amen. Why don't you just, yes, amen. Slip up your hand. Come on. Amen. Amen. Church, why don't you just help me by praying along with them? We're a family. We support each other. So would you just repeat after me? Let's say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. You didn't have to do it, but you did because you love me. And today I confess my need for a savior. And today I lay aside my plans and I pick up your plans and I choose to follow you. Help me to walk an abundant life. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you put your hands together for them? We're so happy for you. Amen. Amen. And I want to pray for those other two groups of people that I talked about today. That maybe you know the Holy Spirit's dealing with you right now. You know there's some things that He wants to deal with. Here's your chance. Here's your chance for you to respond. Maybe there's some unforgiveness. Maybe there's some hurt or some pain that He wants to touch you. He wants to speak to you. Or maybe you're that third group that you know God's calling you to pour into somebody else. 
that he's saying, come on, let me help you find that person. I believe if you'll ask him today to show you, he'll show you. I believe it. I believe it. So if that's you, you're in either one of those categories. Would you just lift your hands with me? I just want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. God sees your hands. Yes. So Lord, I just thank you right now, God, that you have called us to abundant life. You did not call us to be weak or hanging back in the back. God, you've called us to be all that you want us to be. So Lord, I, I just thank you, God, that you will prune the fruits of our heart, God, that you will replace them with joy, that you will do a healing work in us today, God, that you will minister to us, oh Lord. And I pray that you would give us the people, God, that you want us to speak into, Lord, those who we need to Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.